All right, guys, if I can get your attention real quick. You guys can continue eating as we're going through the night. If you're not done yet, feel free to go throw it in the trash if you have to. But my name's Lee Pack. I'm the uh, men's ministry leader here at Brookwood. And I just want to give a couple announcements of things from coming up. It's been a while since we've met. And uh, just get you caught up to date with what's going on. At the table, you'll, you guys should see a little card like this. And on the front, it'll say tonight's the connecting point when it is and everything. But if you turn it around to the other side, take a picture of it, whatever, put it in your calendars. But those are the next coming connecting points. And if you notice, the next one's going to be March 1st. March 1st, Mark Taylor, who's the head of the uh, services here, is going to come up and he'll talk about small groups. Small groups for the men's ministry, not, not connected with the women, but just men's ministry alone, is something we're really struggling with. We're having a hard time getting leaders. We're having a hard time getting groups together. So if you want to be a member of a small group, I mean, you can contact me tonight or you can go to the website and ask to be part of a small group. If you want to be a small group leader, same thing, you can get in touch with me tonight or Jeff Gaffney, who's in the back. And, or you can go to the website and ask to be a small group leader. We're in desperate need of small group guys, guys that can lead a group, guys that want to form a group. It don't have to be anything big, guys. It could be three or four of you getting together and just having a meeting once a month, once a week, whatever you feel comfortable with. If you don't feel like you are equipped to be a leader, to be a small group guy, come see me about it. I think you'd be more amazed on that you are capable of leading a small group more than what you think. You could share the duties. It don't have to be just one guy that leads the group. You guys can take turns leading the group. You could just talk about what happened on Sunday. Mark gives us a nice little form every Sunday to talk about. And we can go over it. He's got the questions laid out and everything. All you gotta do is come to church on Sunday, do a little bit of reading and studying, and ask the questions to each other at your small group. It starts a conversation between you guys. That could be a good starting point for you guys to get started at. But I encourage some of you guys to try to find a small group. The next thing we have is, if you're not part of a small group, we have men's mentoring. This is also on your table. Men's mentoring is one-on-one. -on -one. You have a mentor and you have a mentee. You can come see me tonight about that, or we have a card on the table as well, like this, that you can fill out and leave it on the table or give it to one of the leaders, and we will help you fill it out. But it's for mentoring in small groups. The mentoring is one way of, if you feel like you're capable of guiding a guy through life and his walk with Christ and things like that, just two men sitting down talking at your random times of scheduling when you want to meet. If you want to meet once a week, once a month, once every two weeks, whatever, you two decide that. We have a book tonight that David, who's going to be our speaker, we have an actual book that you could go through. I mean, it's kind of simple. We've wrote this book ourselves. It's a guide that you guys can go through on mentoring. You don't have to follow the book every week. You can sit down one week, go through the book. Next week, you could talk about the football game or something. It's just two guys getting along, sitting down, and growing together in Christ. And what the mentor and the mentee will end up finding out is you're both growing each other. You're both maturing in your walk with each other as you're going through this walk. If you're interested in that, like I said, the white card on the table, you can fill that out for small groups and for mentoring. If you have anything else on there that you want to do or something you have a question about, just write it on that card and we'll, we'll get it... Uh, We'll get it to us, and we'll call you about it. You can leave your phone number, your name on there. All right? Um, tonight, we've got a good speaker, David Townsend. He's one of our leaders. He's actually in charge of the mentoring. So if it's something you want to do and you want to talk to him later about mentoring, this is something he could talk to you about. Um, but he's going to talk tonight about prayer. 
And I think that's a pretty important subject that we need to talk to about men, how we uh, pray, how, who we're praying for, our families, our wives, our, uh, our own selves, and praying about how we're doing in life and where we're going, praying on what our next steps are. And in this church, it's a time that we maybe need to pray about where our leadership is and what we're doing as far as leaders and our families and our church. You know, we need men to step up and be a leader in the church, okay? So if, without further ado, David Townsend, where are you at? Anywhere? I see him. I see him. I want you to stand up and jump up and down. David Townsend, he's a native from Greenville. He's been a good leader in our group. And give him all your attention tonight. Let's see what he has to say. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. <clears throat> I am not up here because I'm a perfect Romans 12 Christian. I'll tell you that right now. I've been on a mission trip. But that was only because I thought the guy said fishing trip. And by the time I figured it out, I was like, so I can get people to pay for this? I can, that's really how this works? I, I, this is not going to be one of those messages of just standing up here and going through prayer request after prayer request that has been answered by God. But what it is, is it is a guy who I grew up in the church and yet I never leaned heavily on prayer. We're going to talk about that, why we pray, why we don't pray, when we go to it. This message in some ways could be very short. I could stand up here and go, guys, you need to pray more, go over about three or four verses. Just go home and do it. But I do want to talk with you about, you know, some verses, some struggles that I have had, some things that have helped me, and practical things, tools that I have used that other men have put in my life. And so we're going to go over that, and then at the end of the night... We're each going to spend five minutes in solitude, just us talking to God. Not praying as a group, praying each of you on your own spread throughout the, spread throughout the room. I just thought, you know, if we're going to talk about prayer, let's do it. Let's finish the night and let's have a bunch of men united together praying. I, I got to thinking as I was starting to go into this, I... I'm just curious, how many people here have ever met, and, and I'm curious to get a few answers, have ever met somebody really famous? Anybody have a great celebrity, celebrity me story? Larry, who do you got? Billy Graham. Billy Graham. Not what I was thinking, but all right, I like it. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. Julio, who you got? Uh, nice. Nice. Guys, one time I was at a golf tournament, a PGA Tour event down in Orlando. Why we happened to go that week, don't bring up to my wife because it's a very sore subject. She just told me to pick a week in October or, or in the fall of 2001 for us to take our family to Disney World. So, of course, I went to the PGA Tour schedule to find out when they were going to be in town. And so we show up and she's like, why do I recognize all these people from, from TV? And uh, so eventually on Friday, we go, I go over to the golf tournament, and word has it that Jack Nicholas is in the crowd. Uh, his son Gary is playing, and so I watch them on a hole, and I notice behind there is a concession stand. And so I said, I'm going to go over there, grab, grab a hot dog, grab a drink, then go follow these guys for a few holes. Maybe I'll get to meet Jack Nicholas. So I go over there, I get, I get my food, you know, sir, that'll be six fifty. I pay, I get my hot dog and all that. I turn around and there's 30 people looking at me like, there's David Townsend. 
Except why would anybody be looking at me going, there's David Townsend? So I turn around and behind me in line the entire time was Jack Nicklaus. Now, some of you don't know this. I'm a huge golfer. That is a huge celebrity sighting for me. And the first thing I hear is the lady go, that'll be $7, sir. And I step back up to the counter and I said, you're going to make Jack Nicklaus pay for something? Of course, this girl is like, who's Jack Nicklaus? And of course I have to make him pay. And Jack goes, it's all right, son, I got this. And I said, no, sir. As long as David Townsend is around, Jack Nicklaus will never have to pay for anything. He goes, well, thank you very much. I went just like this. And you've ever had that feeling where you realize and all of a sudden it starts going through my mind, $15 for parking, $10 for ticket. Why did I buy a program? And it dawns on me, I've got $3 in my hand. And I have just made a complete you-know-what of myself. Thankfully, Jack has seen that look before because he looks at me and he goes, that's all right, son, I think I got this. And I was like, thank you, sir. And I tucked my tail between my legs and I took off. But there's something about famous people that we want to meet, we want to talk with. My question to you is, if I gave you five minutes today, you name them. Are you a Clemson fan? If I gave you five minutes with Dabo Sweeney, are you taking that? I guarantee you are. If I tell my Carolina friends, you got five minutes with George Rogers or Beamer or whoever. Actually, you guys probably want to talk with... Uh, Tanner, but that's a whole other conversation, I have a feeling. You're taking that five minutes. In fact, you are rearranging your schedule to get that five minutes with that person. I don't care what your political affiliation is. If I gave you five minutes with Obama, with Trump, with Biden, you'd know you'd take it. You'd be crazy not to. You know where this is going. Why don't you take five minutes with God? Why don't we spend the time with our Creator? Don't get me wrong, I'd love to go sit down with Dabo Sweeney too. But amazing that I would be dying to go spend time with him. But my question is, your creator, your father, how many of you have spent five minutes with him today? I'm just talking, you and him, having a conversation. And if you did, what would you talk about? What is it that causes you to go to God? Is it everything? Awesome. Is it hitting rock bottom? Is it having a huge success? Is it you're scared? You just got that medical report back on your wife or your child. Someone is sick. Someone is dying. We go to God. But why don't we go to him about other things? And the other thing is about us men is we love power, right? Remember Tim the Toolman Taylor? Every single episode, for those who are too young to know, every single episode, he was taking something and adding more power to it. And it didn't matter if it was the disposal, if it was a lawnmower, if it was a weed eater, the whole episode was him taking something and adding more power to it. Right? We men, we love that. Scotty, I need more power. We don't say turn it on. We say, let's power this bad boy up. Who's got a muscle car here? Right? People ask you, oh, what's that horsepower? We love superheroes and they're super. The lottery is the Powerball. 
In politics, it's always which party is in power, right? We men, we love power. And yet, for some reason, we don't go to the God to spend five minutes who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who knows us, who made us. We love power, and yet a problem arises, and we just say, I'm going to do this on my own. Man, guys, I'm telling you, we have this cool, cool opportunity every single day to go and spend five minutes with God and tap into a power and a peace that you have no idea about. I would get frustrated in my, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, that I noticed I only went to God when something was wrong. If business was great, I would notice I'd go weeks without talking to him. That would frustrate me. Why is that? Why am I doing that? But I knew I had come a long way when several years ago, I lost my job. And it was, it was devastating. And I stand up here, guys, not as a, as a man who has struggled with drugs, even though I tell people I grew up with a drug problem, right? Because I grew up at Southside Baptist Church and my parents drug me to church twice on Sunday. <laughs> visitation Thursday, Awana Wednesday. I'll never forget one visitation Thursday. A lot of you don't realize Southside used to be over on Augusta Road. That's why it's called Southside. Um, and one day we were going through the neighborhoods over there and I go up, knock on the door. Hi, sir. My name is David Towns and I go to Southside Baptist Church. If you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? Visitation Thursday. And that guy answered me, um, I guess Mackie Mortuary. <laughs> that's a true story. And I had no idea how to answer that guy. I just kind of looked at him and went, that's a fine choice, sir, and walked away. <laughs> but I grew up in the church and I would find that as I got older, not going to him with everything really bothered me. And, and to lean on or to not lean on something so powerful, that's what I wanted to talk to you about tonight. Some people will say what about answers to prayer? That they're just a coincidence, right? Guys, I don't mind asking you. I'd love to get a show of hands. Who here can think of something in their life they have prayed about and there is no explanation for it coming to be. Guys, will you show us by a raise of hands? And it's okay if you haven't, I promise you. But here's what I can tell you guys, is I can't scientifically argue with someone who says, oh, it's just a coincidence. I just know this, the more I pray, the more I spend time in God's word, the more coincidences seem to happen around me. So, you know, is it just a coincidence? Okay, sure. Because if there's anything I have found, it's that warranty companies love to honor their warranty after it's expired. Yeah, that happens all the time, right? And so I just want you to tap into to, to this thing, tap into God. And let's go ahead and look at the first slide, if we may. A couple of verses let's look at. This is, and none of these you know, I don't think are going to be ones that y'all don't recognize. First one is very famous, James 5, 13 through 18. Now, the truth is we men, we would read this a little different than the way James wrote it. Are any of you suffering hardships? Keep working. Are any of you happy? Who cares? Are any of you sick? Suck it up, buttercup. 
right? That's the way we men would write this. But look what he says. You should pray. You should sing praises. You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. That's power. That is power. And the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Next slide. Next slide. Oh, sorry, it was there, my bad. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. There's that word, power. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed that no rain would fall, none did for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield crops. These are the kind of verses that give us hope, and yet we just don't rely on it. Let's go to the next slide. Another prayer, verse about prayer, excuse me. 1 John 5, 14, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. So my question to you is, why don't you pray? Wherever you are, whatever you do, there's no downside to prayer. Let me give you one example. Anybody here have a child currently applying or maybe is waiting on an answer for a college application? Do we have any, any parents here? We got one, got a couple. I think the college application is a great example, but it can apply to any of our situations. You're applying for a job, you're just working on your business, whatever you're praying for. Let's walk you through really what happens when prayers meet where you are. You've got a daughter. She is applying for, by the way, I have two daughters now in college, so I know this, I can say this. You've got a daughter who is going through the college application process. The good news is there's no drama there. They have, they, they don't, I'm joking, all right? They start going through the application process, and it is every worst-case scenario. They send in that college application. First of all, I would uh, I would ask you to consider praying as she, hits, she or he hits send. You then start praying for it for 30 days, for 60 days. College applications, there's really only going to be two answers. I guess you've got the bridge program now. But for most people, it's only one of two answers. Yes or no. Comes back yes. Praise God. Do you know what happens when it comes back No. And she and you have been praying for that for 60 days. Yeah, there's tears. Yeah, she wanted to go there. But it's totally different because all of a sudden, yeah, that moment of I've been rejected. But if you haven't been praying for it for 60 days, it's more than just a gut punch. It is my life is over. But you've been praying for it for 60 days. You're going to get this. You're going to get some tears. You're going to get, man, dad, I really wanted to go there. But I guess that's not where God wanted me. That is awesome. But the issue is we don't pray. So then that rejection comes and it's just the end of the world. That's what prayer can do for you. Now, I'm not saying you pray just to get that result. I'm saying it puts you in a different mindset and you are teaching your children something. That they will come to you and go, man, dad, I really wanted to go there. I can't wait to see where God is sending me. And we experienced that. One of my daughters got in her first choice. The other one did not. 
And that was the first thing she said was, I can't wait to see where God sends me. Totally different than just on the edge waiting for that answer to come back. You will have peace because you gave it to God. So guys, my question to you is, why don't you pray? We're going to break into our first session tonight for a table group. Each of you have table leaders, and it is just simply this question. So you're going to have about seven minutes. I'll, I'll give you a minute warning when we come back. But just talk about it. And then afterwards, hopefully we can get a few answers up here. But why don't you pray? What is your frustrations? What causes you? Maybe, maybe looking back later going, man, I can't believe we didn't take that to, to God in prayer. So go ahead and small group leaders, table leaders, take over. Do you have some good discussions? I would love for some table leaders or some other folks just kind of raise your hand and talk about maybe some of the top answers. Anybody? Too busy. Too busy? Probably number one, excuse me, one of the number one answers probably at most tables. No time, too busy. What's that? Okay, okay. So we don't pray because of a, a health issue? Everything's good. Yep. We think about it when we hit our knees. Yep. Anybody else? We know. Scott? Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad you said that because that's actually one of the things that, that I'm going through at the end that I, I don't think men will admit to that we sit, all right, I'm going to pray. We sit down and we go, what did that person tell me? What, what was I, what? <coughs> Jumping all over the place. Anybody else? Any top answers? Pride. Pride. I'm a man. I got this. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Yes, sir. Distractions. Okay. Like when you actually start praying or to even get to that point? Okay. That's good. That's good. Anybody else? Anything we haven't really hit on? Right. Not knowing how to listen for God's response. So we don't even pray because we don't know, that we don't understand the whole process. That's good. That's good. I will tell you I think it was David Hardy years ago, we were having a conversation and I told him, man, you know, I just never hear from God. And he said, well, David, I know you. Do you ever shut up? <laughs> you know, I don't think I do. You know, so I'd sit there and pray and I'd be like, hey, God, what, what do you have for me? God, what can you tell me? You know, and I would just sit there and talk the whole time. But I know that's not completely what you're saying, but that's, that's good. Anybody else? I think uh, another thing brought up is when we pray that's a great one. The question is, why do we not pray? Well, I did. And, and you know, man, how many times am I going to have to pray? And you know what I would say to that? Check out Joseph. What? That's probably my favorite character in the Bible. Character, right? Like he's Tom and Jerry. Uh, Probably my favorite person in the Bible, besides Jesus, Joseph. Man, are you kidding me? 
Look how long he was down there. He was doing these good things. These people said, well, tell him about you. Man, how long are you supposed to pray? Don't tell me I would not have given up had I been Joseph. That's good. Anybody else? Why do we not pray? I will tell you there's sort of um, in some of these answers. Let's go to the next slide. I think some of us don't pray because we don't know what words to say. Sometimes we think, we forget that it's just a conversation with God. And I've heard a lot of men say before, I don't know what to say to God. And I don't even know who to give this quote credit to because I've heard it for so long. But God doesn't care about our eloquence. He cares about our pain. Man, guys, just go to him. I get every one of those things you're saying, and I've struggled with them too. We're going to talk about some of them. We forget what to pray for sometimes. We'll talk about that. But here's the thing about prayer. Anybody received the email recently about Pastor Praveen from Set Free Alliance? Anybody else get that? What was the first thing it said you can do? Pray. Anybody ever talk to a missionary and they want your financial support? But what do they always say? Whether you can or can't give, what do they want you to do? Pray. There's something so powerful in that. And I truly believe this, that God does not care about our eloquence. He cares about our pain. He just wants to hear from his children. My two daughters, one is in Georgia, one is in Virginia at school. And when they call me, hey, dad, is now a good time? Uh, yeah. I'll drop everything to talk to them, right? You think your father in heaven is any different? A couple verses I want to look at. Let's go to the next one. Maybe the most famous verse. I think everyone in here who has ever had trouble, they know, you know this verse. I love Philippians. Are you kidding me? A book about finding joy in Jesus, not in your circumstances. The dude wrote it from prison. And it's full of joy. Man, I love Philippians. If you're going through some tough stuff, read Philippians. But this is, you know, one of the most, most popular verses. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Sometimes I think we stop after tell God what you need, right? It's just don't worry, pray, tell God what you need. But I do think as you now start going to God, you start spending time with him. If you want to know the key, I really think it is giving thanks. And I think this is a personality thing. Some of you have the personality, you're just very grateful. You're very thankful. Others of you, may not think about it as much. And I do think this is a very important point and don't look over the point of giving thanks. My question is, have you ever thanked God for sending his son to die for you? I think most of you have. But maybe we should do it a little more. Man, what a gift. Here's one that popped into my head this past week when it was raining and I got back to the house. Have you ever thanked him for your garage? I found myself this past week going, thank you, God. Thank you that that garage door worked. Holy cow. Have you ever thanked God 
for a traffic jam? No. Me either. <laughs> That's the one thing you don't have to. No, I'm just kidding. I loved what JC said a couple weeks ago in church when he was talking about, man, we're talking about how bad 2020 was. But he said, I got to spend so much time with those two boys of mine. And we just find the pain in everything. We find the bad of everything. But when you start thanking God and you start paying attention, guys, I'm telling you, it is all around you the things that you can thank him for. I read one of the, the Brookwood books. Um, if you were like me, and I've told many of you this story before, if you're like me and you've been to Brookwood for years, you have a stack about this high of books that you bought in the library for a series that we're going through, and every single one of them you read about a third of, right? And so last year I decided I was going to read them all, and I started with the story, and I read The Life of Jesus, and I read Good and Beautiful Life Community Church. Man, what a great exercise that was last year. But I found a little gem and hidden in Christ. Anybody else remember that book on Colossians 3 or at least the first half of Colossians 3? If you want to know my personal opinion, we all need to act the way Romans 12 and Colossians 3 tells us to act. We won't have any more people going, I don't want to be a Christian. If we act the way those chapters tell us to act, man, we'll have people flooding to become Christians. But in that book, Hidden in Christ, somewhere in there, he actually gives this exercise of getting a journal and writing down five blessings every single day. And I thought, I can do that. So I got this journal, and I started writing down five blessings every single day. And sometimes it was a blessing like my daughter got a $200,000 scholarship. Who's not going to praise God over that? But other times, it was a blessing, like me and Julio went to Pizza City, because Pizza City is awesome. And if you don't thank God for Pizza City, you've got a problem. And I found myself in this book writing down things like, Kathy and I watched a movie tonight. And I started noticing all these things around me that I really could be thankful for. But don't forget, we're talking about prayer. When you go to God in prayer, guys, if you will start thanking him for everything and start paying attention, here's what I think happens to you. I think when you do, when you don't live in gratitude and you've got a problem, like you've just lost your job, or, and guys, by the way, I, I have had some major financial struggles in my life. I've had some major job issues in my life. But I still thank God when these things happen. And here's what I have found out. That when I have a problem, if I look at that problem, hey Chuck, if I, problem, Chuck's not my problem. When I look at that problem like this, you know what I miss? All the amazing things that he's doing over here and over here. Because all that matters to me is that one thing I'm praying for. And yet I just miss the fact that my family literally did not have one health issue in all of 2020. Well, yeah, but my job. I miss the fact that one of my daughters, like, I, you know, Julio and, I, Julio and I talk all the time. And one time I'm telling him, you know, he's like, how is this? I'm like, man, I'm really struggling. But you know what? Uh, Bethann got an email last week, scholarship over $200,000 taken care of. And he's like, why didn't you leave with that? Because I'm focused on Chuck. 
I'm missing all this over here and all this over here. And guys, when you start giving thanks to God and you start noticing all those little things that he is doing in your life, and I mean, it can literally be as little as Pizza City. You will not get so focused on the one thing that he is not doing. And I promise you that. Here's a fact of life. The more I pray, the more I trust God. The more I'm on Twitter, the less I trust God. I can tell you right now. The more I pray, the more I trust God. The more I read these headlines, the more I'm on social media, the more I find out that my neighbor is an idiot, the less I trust God. It's just a fact. But what I want to do now is go back to a table discussion. And I'm going to, we're going to put up a couple of prayers here. And your table is going to choose one of these prayers. Either Psalms 13 or 1 Chronicles 29. One is David's cry for help. And one is David's prayer of praise. And my question to you, very simple. Someone in, in, at your table, read it for every, whichever one you choose, read it for everybody. And then talk about it. What do you think of when you hear these words? And have you ever prayed like this before? Let's just, guys, after tonight, start going to God. And here's a couple examples of really cool. One's a cry for help and one is a prayer of praise. And you've got, we've got 10 minutes. All right, guys. Let's bring it back together. My first question is, who here that was the first time you've ever read First Chronicles? Nobody, okay. Oh, we got a couple takers. Okay, good, good. We had a girl, I, I work in the high school ministry and we were in a class and this girl was, was you know, like 10th grader was, was talking about in her devotions that week in First Chronicles and all of us adults were like, you were reading First Chronicles? That's awesome. Table leaders or even just anyone in the group, any, uh, any thoughts you want to share? It may be just something that you got out of it. It may be, you know, You've never thought to pray like that, what those words meant to you. Any thoughts from anybody? Yes, sir. Psalm 13, pain and gratitude in the same prayer. Pain and gratitude. Did you like how the, the, the prayer ended, right? The cry for help at the very end was gratitude, thanking. Yeah, it's great. It's great. That's okay, right? Pain and gratitude in the same prayer. In fact, I, that's why I was saying earlier, if you only do the pain, you start looking at it through that little straw vision. Matt. Um, I even said that um, in Psalm 13 that there's a lot of desperation and just, I don't know, hurt and, and fear, but then it kind of ends with hope. Yeah. I mean, guys, the one thing about Psalms 13 is most of you have probably read it before. And, and we can relate to it, right? But you're right. It ends with hope. Anybody else? Scott. For first Chronicles, it's like the whole first part of the prayer is thank And then there's only like a little bit of asking for something at the very end. So it's kind of like hmm. the whole be appreciative, be thankful. Even if you're asking something, it's kind of like model. That's great. A lot more thinking than asking. But I mean, you know, guys, we, we saw a verse earlier. Take it to him. Tell him what you want. He's good with that. That's good. Anybody else? 
So what the heck are we doing here tonight? It's just trying to show you that we men, we like power. And there's nothing more powerful than prayer. But I have a feeling that some of us have only ever prayed one way. And here's just a couple of examples of other ways to pray. I will tell you guys something that I truly believe. And that is this. And again, this is almost like Perry when he says, this is my belief. I didn't go to seminary. I've got, got nothing to back this up. I just truly believe this. Every prayer turns to praise. I 100% believe that. And I'm not talking about like when I was a kid and I tried to give up on something and my dad said, hey, da David, did you know that rain dances always work if you dance long enough? <laughs> and I've always loved that. I use that one on my kids a time or two. Yeah, if you do something long enough, I'm not just talking about that, but throughout the Bible, God talks about keep knocking. And guys, I'm telling you, I believe that eventually every prayer turns to praise. Here are some examples of prayers in the Bible we just didn't have time to go to. I wanted to do the, the David's cry for help and the David's praise. But if you want to write these down, take a picture of it, and you want something to put in your devotions this week, go and look at all these examples. Solomon's prayer. Anyone my age knows prayer of Jabez, right? That, that book back in the 90s. Um, wrote a whole book over two verses. Dude's a genius. Am I right? But the thing was, is growing up in the church that I did, we didn't think about, we, we, didn't, we never knew about the prayer of Jabez. God has all these blessings in store for you, waiting for you to ask for them. Two very simple but powerful verses. So check that out. But yeah, we can leave that up for a second. Um, and, and I just would encourage you to, to go and look over some of those and, and study them. Uh, Jehoshaphat's Habakkuk's complaint prayer. Yes. Louisa uh, said she'll send us all the afterwards to list of all the prayers for everyone so you don't have to memorize and show a lot. Thank you very much. Hey guys, the bottom line is if I'm speaking to a bunch of men, I've got to tell you that we should every single day pray for and with our families. And you will change the trajectory of your family. Every day you should pray for and with your families. They should see us pray all the time. A big turning point for me was my oldest daughter, who's now a senior in college. She plays college golf. When she was an eighth or, or ninth or tenth grader, she won her first really big tournament. She had won some one-dayers and stuff. But she won a tournament, anybody knows, Smithfield's Country Club over in Easley. Had a two-day tournament. She shoots 74 the first day. Goes out the second day with the lead. Double bogeys, hole number two. I'm like, that's it. We're done. She goes one under the rest of the way. Shoots 74, 73, wins her first ever big tournament. And I walked out of there going, I could not be more proud of my daughter. The next morning I wake up. I'm still beaming with pride. I want to walk into her room and, can you believe you got the trophy? And I'm thinking as I walk in, I could not be more proud of my daughter. And I walk in, and my 15-year-old daughter is on her bed with her Bible on her lap, and she's praying. And I walked out of that room, and I said, well, I was wrong. I could be more proud of her. 
Who cares about a stupid golf tournament? Who cares about a trophy? Who cares about her academics? That is what we do. And I realized right then, I am not leading my family the way I should. And so we started praying together, and they don't think it's hokey. I will call them, and they'll say, hey, Dad, what can I pray for you? Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. But we pray. How boldly do we pray? Have you ever thought that your prayers could change the world? I think they can. They sure can change this, sure can change your, your family. They can change your neighborhood. I think they can change this church, this community, this state, this country. Not that our country needs praying for right now or anything. And they can change the world. I really believe that. But how boldly do you pray? Or are you just what we talked about earlier? Why don't you pray? Because you're just caught up in the little things. Man, I would encourage you guys to get bold. We saw in James earlier where he was talking about Elijah and praying for the rain to stop. I don't think that's the boldest prayer in the Bible. For me, it's Joshua. Does anyone know this story? Joshua prayed for the sun to stop, to not set, because they were kicking some Canaan butt. And he needed a little more time. Are you kidding me? Has anyone here ever thought to pray for the sun not to set? And God did it. God did it. He prayed for the sun not to set to give them a few more hours to finish the war because they had them on their heels. And what are we praying for? A new deal at work if you think that I'm okay, if you think I can handle it? Guys, get bold. What did JC talk about a couple weeks ago in his message on hope? George Mueller, right? Mueller, am I saying that right? Yeah, boom. George Mueller had an orphanage. He prayed for everything. Now, I'm not sure that's the smartest thing. Like, we all struggle with that, right? But the point is, that's what George did, and God, God answered those prayers. I do think sometimes Christians will not do what we are called to do and instead just pray and say, oh, well, but now I'm going down a whole rabbit hole. But the point is, do we even think it's possible that we pray for a milk truck or we pray for milk because the orphans at George's orphanage were out of milk and a milk truck just happens to break down right in front of the orphanage. By the way, I've tried that every day since then. I've prayed for a food truck to break down in front of my house. <laughs> Pokeyama, the wing one. Not the beat one. I don't want the beat one. But any other one hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yes, I do. But my point is we don't pray very boldly sometimes as men, as Christians, do we? We love this power, but we don't pray very boldly. We pray, we ask God for little things. So here we go. Next slide. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. We've pretty much covered all those things. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Let's live like this. When you go home tonight and 
your wife or girlfriend, whatever the situation, I hope we don't have both, but whatever the situation is, your wife or your girlfriend ask you, what'd you learn tonight? Take her to this, these verses right here. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. You will change your life. You will change this church, but pray boldly on top of it. I'm not talking about praying and doing nothing, right? The old saying, God can't steer a parked car. We need to pray. We need to start, you know, sometimes God, he's waiting for you. He'll direct you. But I'm very much talking about having prayer be a major part of what you're doing. Next slide. There's probably some more. But this is what I was talking about earlier. I just didn't feel right having a message talking to you guys about prayer and then just having you go and do the same old thing. So some things that I know that people do who are prayer warriors, they're part of the prayer ministry. They have a prayer journal. Now, I don't, I don't do a prayer journal. I'm just not, I tried. For me, it was all the going back and forth. I, I just, with my mind, the way I like to organize things, I had a hard time with the prayer journal. But I, I found a prayer app, and we'll talk about that in a second. Anybody else here willing to raise a hand to say, hey, here's something I do that, you're not bragging, just something that you do that helps you in your prayer life that maybe others can learn from, practical tools? That's awesome. The church app. Yes, sir. I have a specific prayer journal specifically for my wife. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. Man, that just convicted me. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, something that I do in preparing in Chicago is I call it pop punches at the content letter. You sit down to pray, you got all that other stuff going on in your head. Specifically designated piece of paper or something. You can jot that stuff down get the pop punch out of your head. It's good. It's real good. So let's go to the next slide. My prayer life changed when I found a prayer app. Please understand me. I am not telling you that I have gone and investigated and, and researched all the prayer apps and I decided on prayer mate because I haven't. I am not standing up here telling you this is the best one. I'm just kind of lazy. So I think it was like the second one I came to. I was like, yep, that'll work. But the Bible app has, it can work like a prayer app. Our church app. Um, but what I like about this is obviously it allows me to put in prayers. A year ago, a year and a half ago, one of my best friends, his five-year-old grandson found out he had, or they found out their five-year-old grandson had leukemia. You know what? I probably didn't have to put that in the prayer app because that's the kind of thing that I'm going to remember. But I still put it in there. But guys, here's where the difference is where a prayer app is going to help you. Is I have seen some of you and you have told me, hey, this is going on in my life. Will you please pray for me? And you didn't realize that I walked away and put that in my app. And I'll put it under a category like sickness or a category like miscellaneous. And I will tell those categories how many I want to pop up every single day. So I may have 20 prayers under sickness and five of them come up every day. So every four days, I am praying for you. The biggest thing, so it's doing two things. It is connecting me with my friends. When they say, hey, I'm going through a, a, a job situation, I put it down and I pray to them. I had a friend years ago who told me um, about his son going to um, 
Oh, what's that drug place over on Pleasantburg? Um, no, not Miracle Hill, not Phoenix. Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. Um, y'all know I'm talking about, but I, I started praying for him. I, I didn't even pray for the actual place because I didn't know it at the time. I was just praying for him going into drug treatment. And then I saw him about eight months later and said, hey, by the way, how's your son? And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, oh, last time we talked, drugs, you know, he was getting treatment. And he just broke down. Couldn't believe that, that I remembered. Guess what? I didn't. I can't remember that kind of stuff. But I prayed for him every four days. The other thing that it will do for you, if you're like me, you sit down to pray, and the first thing you do is, God, would you please be with, oh, shoot. Somebody told me I had something to pray for. And your mind just starts wandering. You were talking about that, Scott. And that's another thing a prayer app did for me. I'm not going to say it'll do it for you. But what it did for me is it helped me remember the things to pray for. And also when I sit down to pray, I don't pray for everything in my prayer app. It will bring up so many things a day. But there's one group of people that my prayer app pulls up every single day for me to pray for. And I hope you know who they are. My family. My wife and daughters come up every single day. But I will tell you too, I pray for the pastors here at Brookwood. And this week I realized why I pray for them. Because there I was going to give this message. And God, Satan worked on me this weekend. He worked on me. I can't imagine, Julio, what you guys go through. I am guessing every time y'all speak, Satan is attacking you that week. Because it was crazy. And so I realized that's why I'm praying for our pastors to lead our church. It's just one option. Another option, it's not really a tool, but it's a method. Every, most people here probably know the ACTS method, A-C-T-S. It's a great method. So when you pray, you sit down and you pray for ACTS. A is for accolades. You praise God. C is for confession. Confess your sins. T Thanks. You give thanks. And S is supplication. You ask God for things. And it's a great method. If you need a way to sit down and start praying, do the ACTS method, A-C-T-S. But if you do the prayer app, let me encourage you to do one prayer. Oh, it's small. I apologize. This pops up for me every single day. I pray these words. Use me, my king. I will go anywhere at any cost to do anything you call me to do. A friend of mine about five years ago suggested that I pray this prayer. I said, you got it. No problem. Put it in my prayer app. Next day, I went to pray it. And it went something like this. God, I will go anywhere within an hour of my home. And I was like, holy crap. I'm not ready to tell God these words. And then eventually, I got over that. That, okay, I'll go wherever. And I remember thinking when I was praying it, thinking... God, you're not going to send me to North Dakota, are you? Like, if you're from North Dakota, I'm not nailing you. I was just, my mind, that's the way I was thinking. Like, I will go anywhere, will I? Then I finally got to where I could say those words. And then it was, I will go anywhere at any cost to do anything you call me to do. Well, I mean, I don't want to be a janitor or anything. And eventually, guys, I got to where I could pray this prayer, and I meant it. And he told me, David, the reason I want you to pray this prayer is because I want you to introduce it to your teenagers you will change their life if they pray this. 
And so now every single day I pray this prayer, and I would encourage you to. And if you have kids, especially teenagers, I would encourage you to ask them to, to pray this prayer as well. Real quick, my daughter went to school in Virginia, Lexington, Virginia, in August of 2017. Anybody know what happened in August of 2017 in Virginia? Charlottesville, right? My daughter went to school 45 minutes from there at a place called Washington and Lee. And I thought, if these geniuses in Charlottesville ever figure out that there's not just a park named after Robert E. Lee, but an entire school, they're coming down to Lexington. A week before we are to move her in, Charlottesville happens. A friend of mine could tell I wasn't doing very well with it. And he said, David, how long have you prayed for your kids? Guys, since the day they were born, I prayed for my two daughters and I prayed this prayer. Please be with them, their future husbands, their future boyfriends, and their mommies and daddies. I prayed that prayer every single day since they were born. And then when they got in about high school, I started praying for their college. I started praying that they would get in where the, or first of all, I learned, don't pray for their college, pray for whatever they do after school. Because if they choose not to go to college, that is fine. But I prayed if they did go to college, God would protect them because my goodness, there's some evil on these campuses these days. And I prayed for probably four years for my daughter to go off to college. And my buddy asked me, David, how long have you prayed for her? I said, probably four years. He said, you're going to pray to God for four years. And now the day arrives and you're going to start worrying about it. You're right. That's what prayer does. My daughter was going less than an hour from Charlottesville was I concerned? Of course, right? I had that, but I wasn't worried. I gave it to God. Don't pray about something and then turn around and worry about it. And that's what these little prayers, that's what these prayer apps will help you do if you pray for them every single day. I just want to encourage you to change the way you talk to God, to use some tools if you need to to spend a little more time with him. So what we are going to do is we're going to take a few minutes. We're going to go back to small groups. I want you to share prayer requests with each other. You're not going to pray as a table. In a few minutes, I'm going to bring you back, and then I'm going to ask you men to go all over the room, and you're going to spend five minutes in prayer and solitude. Cool? But for a few minutes here, I'm going to ask you to go back to your small groups and just ask the guys at your table, what can we pray for you for? And guys, if you've got something, I realize you may not know these men real well, so maybe you leave some names out of your prayer request. I'm fine with that. But let these men pray for you tonight, tomorrow, and the next who knows how many weeks. So let's just take a few minutes back to the small groups and share a prayer request that you may have with the other guys at your table. Guys, guys can we start wrapping it up? Everybody good? Some of you still going? All right. So guys, here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to ask you to go spend five minutes in solitude. You can stay right where you are. Pull your chair over to a corner to the back. Get by yourself. 
And you don't have to worry about five minutes because in about two minutes, you're going to be like, it's had to have been 10 minutes, right? I'll let you know when it's been five. And normally I would say, hey, just keep praying, but we're actually going to come back together and then pray as a group. So in five minutes, I'll, I'll let you know. But guys, pray for these things you've just heard at your table. Pray for these men. Pray for your families. Pray for our church. Pray for our country. Be bold in your prayer. And you've probably got something major that you also need to pray for. So guys, like I said, spread out if you want to. Five minutes of solitude. Let's just take it to him. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for doing that for me. Julio, if you'll come on up here. Guys. And then after Julio, Lee, you got some announcements? Guys, if you're not comfortable, don't do it because of COVID. Stay right where you are. But if you want to pray and grab arms, if you want to stand up and grab arms with the guys around you, feel free to. I just felt like we need to finish tonight in a, in a group prayer. I wanted you guys to do that. If you haven't done that, Man, just talk to God. Be bold in what you ask him for. Take it to God. Do those five, try to do that five minutes every single day. Amazing what it will do for you. But if you would, please stand up. Julio's going to close us out in prayer, and then Lee's got a, a couple of announcements. If you would, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. Part of that's because I'm going to take my hat off and my hair is messy. But I want to speak some words over you. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. Some of you I pray for when you're walking into children's ministry with your two little boys and you don't even know it. Some of you I pray when I see you walking the Brookwood Circle. Some of you I don't know at all. I'm going to pray for you tonight. Some of you I see at your business serving chicken to people that have no idea what's really inside of you. Some of you we have cried, we have fought. Some of you have gone to scary countries with me, and we've heard people say, Alu Akbar, and it scared us. And God persevered in us, didn't he? So let's pray. God, we love you. 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 And it never gets old saying it to you. Why do you love us? Why would you take time to talk to us? Why would you take time to walk with us? Why would you take time to answer us? Why do you love us? God, some of us are struggling with fear. Some of us are struggling with anger. Some of us are struggling with frustration. Some of us are struggling because we haven't heard a word from you in a while. Some of us are struggling with you because we can't hear you. And so God, speak loudly to us that we will become men who are bold for you. When our friends share with us their burden, we're not afraid to pray for them. Make us strong men, strong for our families, our wives, our kids, our church, our community that needs you. And God, I, 
my friend, rock my world tonight. Because I don't know that I can say this. I don't know that I can say I will go anywhere at any cost to do anything you call me to do. God, I'm trying to say this again to you. I will go anywhere at any cost to do anything you call me to do. Lord, I will go anywhere at any cost to do anything you call me to do. God, in my little brain, I'm thinking, was this Abraham when he was walking up that mountain? Are we that bold? And if we're not, would you make us that bold? That we know the King of Kings is with us and that we do do anything at any cost for you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you were encouraged by this message, you can learn more about our men's ministry or our young adults ministry here at Brookwood by visiting brookwoodchurch.org forward slash adults. Or you can call us anytime at 864-688-8212. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.